The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... To the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, GP John Paz from the two-man power trip, of course, like I just said. Now, joining us today is a very special guest. But before we get to him, let's bring in our special co-host, my protege, the Dublin Destroyer himself, Mr. DKO, Derek O'Reilly. Derek, how you doing? All good. All good, JP. How's things over there? Not too bad. Can't, uh, can't complain. The weather's been pretty nice here in the Northeast. Uh, can't complain about that. It's at all in here all day so you're nice on. sounds about right for ireland now of course the special guest of the evening the man who is the backbone of the russo brand the producer extraordinaire lois aka jeff lane jeff what's going on today what's going on guys glad to be back jeff great to have you back obviously you know you've got so much going on feel like uh, new stuff each each and every day especially with with vince right down your next what's been going on lately well i'm trying to think what's new since we've done since the last recording i believe the beautiful podcast is new um of course the beautiful people angelina love velvet sky on the brand now do a show every sunday on the realm network uh, i believe that's um and better call con i think has has released since our my last time being on here, we're, we're kind of a castrating the Mark spinoff where Vince goes solo and uh, has some fun with Tony Khan. Do you feed him some of that stuff or does he get that stuff himself? He gets most of it himself or from listeners will we'll send him things. I think I've sent him maybe one or two um, when, he, when he was struggling for stuff. But he normally, whatever pops him when he's going through the news feeds or anything he normally uses for the show. He's a goldmine though. I know he is, dude. It's insane. <laughs> Some of the stuff, like, you realize, like, okay, this guy is a billionaire owner of not only, like, a wrestling company, but the Jaguars, NFL, uh, Fulham, this big uh, soccer club. So, so it's like, wow, he, how could you say that? He obviously doesn't have, like, a media person. I mean, this is him himself on his own phone or laptop writing this stuff. Yeah, I cracked up because uh, somebody, I wish I could remember who it was, somebody tweeted a picture from the NFL draft on TV, and he was sitting there doing something on his computer, and they're like, he must be writing the next episode of Dynamite. <laughs> you know, he's sitting there at the <laughs> NFL draft. 
Oh man, I, and I saw like you know his little perm or whatever he got going. I was like, oh, there he is. I, and I think I saw his dad too. But I was like, oh, there he is. Yeah, Owner but it looked team. like bring your kid to work day, like when he was sitting with his dad. You know, that's that's yep. the impression I got. It's funny. It's like well, how much influence does he have on the team? Because I know he does all the analytics and that stuff. One in fifteen last year, worst record since two thousand seventeen in the NFL. Uh, I hope he doesn't have that much influence, but it seems like he does. Well, I know he, he had got a promotion recently, at least for the Jags, within the last few months, because I remember we were talking about that one week uh, with Disco. Some vice president of something, like he got bumped up something promotion. And I'm pretty sure, just based on his tweets anyway, it seems like he has more say-so in the Fulham team hmm. than than the Jags, but that's just, uh, you know, me speculating based on his tweets i really have no idea but i but i know the we've we've had some clips where the media over in the uk is you know likes to rip on him for the team's performance in his tweets and stuff and you wonder if those fans of that team knew what he actually did with wrestling they'd probably be like what the hell man you know but yeah because you saw the soccer team i don't really follow soccer that much but it looked like over the last few years they were like worse than they were ever were in 20 years before that so it's like, yeah. wow, he's not obviously he's got a bad influence going on in the NFL and soccer. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you know he's got more of more of a say so in there than the Jags because I'm pretty. It just seems like his dad's probably the guy with the Jags being the owner, and that's a you know the NFL. I, you don't really see Tony Khan on ESPN or, or NFL Network or anything like that. You know, it's always his dad whenever they're talking about the Jags. So, but I, I would like to know. Especially, those are two huge jobs. And then to run AEW, what what is this guy's schedule all week? And then he's got time to go and make these tweets that Vince is making fun of on on Better Call Con. You know, I I would love to see his schedule for a week. He said something about he has, like, great time management skills. Did you you see that? Did did Vince talk about that? Like, damn it, I'm trying to remember where the hell I heard that. Con said he had great time management skills, and he learned it from somebody blah 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 like that's how he's able to do it and i was like come on like think about vince mcmahon imagine if he owned i know he with the xfl but that was such a small league with eight or ten game season and he wasn't running a team he was just the you know overseer of the league it's just like crazy thinking about that vince is 24 7 wb this guy is running a huge soccer organization and a huge nfl organization maybe into the ground but how could you do it and run a wrestling company where you where you told everybody you're, you're the head of creative you're writing a show every week? Yeah, it, that, that's what makes me wonder if you know maybe these these jobs some of the jobs the Jag job or whatever is just kind of like his dad throwing him a bone. Here's a title, you know. Maybe he doesn't really yeah. do it. come sit with me at the draft. You know, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't really do anything. Who knows? That's so funny though. He had to get a promotion on a team that his dad owns. Like, shouldn't you yeah. be owner or part owner? Like, I don't know, Jerry Jones, I know his son is something, but it, it's like oh, also part owner or something. Like, they always put that in. Him is like, no, he's a director of analytics. So uh, it's just funny to me. It's like, I guess his dad really doesn't want him to have too much control of that team. Yeah, I don't know. What what cracked me up the most was that, that press release that they put out a couple weeks ago when they went over a million viewers. He's so proud and, and I, you know, I'm not really it, – it just it, – it lets you know he really does love this. I'm, I yeah. mean, he loves pro wrestling, obviously. But it seems like the most important thing to him, doesn't matter that he's the owner, doesn't matter he's the president, whatever other names he gave himself, 
head booker that had to be in there you know when, <laughs> in the press release it had to be yeah. head booker you know that cracked me up you know i think that's what he's most proud of that is true that's so funny he like had to make sure that that was thrown in there for whatever reason yep. he, he had to had to throw that in there how is uh better call condo is that doing good for you guys is that something that vince loves doing yeah, it, it's like a, a snippet, uh, you know, news break show, or like where he would, if if we had a radio station, he'd be breaking in with breaking news. So it's normally like you know a five to ten minute little segment on on whatever tweet or quote or something that that Tony had said, and yeah, Vince has a blast with it. it, it the patrons seem to like it, you know, because it's we we don't schedule it; it's based on Tony. If, if Tony says something or does something, or you're going to get one. So they just come out of nowhere. They they don't know when to expect them. So they, they kind of like that from the feedback I've gotten anyway. Does Vince like to do Better Call Con more so than castrating the marks or no? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I know it's a lot easier. It's just one. It would be like one castration. Yeah. You know, that that that's all it is. It's just one castration really short. So... From like the biggest gold mine of all time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he, 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 man, like he did become a gold mine out of nowhere, because he really didn't say a lot of stuff like this when they were getting started. You know, the Bucks were talking, or Cody was talking. He never really heard, and then all of a sudden, it was like there he is at the forefront and doing all the interviews and making all the tweets, yep. and and now he's got that busted open, whatever. Like it could be ten minute segment. Vince yeah, better have Con's a show at least. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vince better have a, a show ready all the time because you know anything said on there is going to be something good. Yeah, and that, that that's the thing. What's this guy's schedule? I, I I mean, I'm not, you know, I have no idea what it takes to do those jobs and those, but you think three huge jobs like that, he's got time to do a wrestling podcast. Or, you know, you know I, I don't know. It, it just amazes me. He must have the greatest time management skills in the world, like, yeah. like he said or whatever. Yeah, I got to find where the hell he said that. I was like, greatest time, man. You're doing so much shit. Like, any, not that much time in the day to be able to do that stuff. But, uh, you know, God bless him. I don't mean to be, you know, a Tony Khan hater right now. I just think it's funny some of the stuff he does. Well, that, and, and that's the thing. A lot of people, uh, you guys are just hating on Khan because he's successful. We don't hate. I don't know the guy. I think he's hilarious. You know, he got a lot of people jobs. Good for him. They're They're milking him for the money, getting their friends jobs. Good for them. Why would I hate him for that? I think he's hilarious. Like, like the stuff that he does is just funny. You know, same thing with Vince. We don't hate the guy. We don't know him. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that Jericho just revealed that they don't or hadn't done production meetings, creative meetings, agent meetings, producing meetings. I can't believe I they never see had that. that. When did that come out? Uh, had to be yesterday or the day before. Oh, I could, that should I could be probably a good talking you. point this week then. Yeah, for, and especially for Disco. Um, I'm sure he'll eat that up with a spoon. But how could you not have production meetings and stuff and and did jericho by accident kind of come out and say that like did he realize what he was saying or did he say it on purpose i it was crazy to me it's like wow wb and i was talking to um dr tom about it too he said like they would have meetings about the meetings to set up the meeting that had nothing to do with the meeting <laughs> that roundabout said said to another meeting that was going to lead to uh, you know breakfast that all oh, then then led to the meeting it was like they did so many meetings like your head would spin yeah and you'd think I don't know, like that. That's that's the thing. You need to have them. You know, all the big companies need to have them. But what's interesting is when Vince and Ed went to WCW, 
nobody there even knew what one was. They they never had production meetings in WCW before Vince and Ed got there. So I mean, they were successful for however many years yeah, with, yeah. without them. So maybe you know, maybe you don't need them. But it, but when you have a very, it I and I would think it would be hard to have a very heavy narrated show that all fits from from beginning to end, where everything threads and all the pieces fit together, without having a, a production meeting. It would be more like a wrestling card if you didn't have a production meeting, where everybody's in their own little world. You got this match one, match two, match three. But if you're trying to thread stories and everybody needs to know what's going on here and who's got to be where and the pieces and and the announcers need to know what's coming up, I would think I would think anyway that that would be hard to do without a production meeting. I know they did agent meetings because Sullivan would say, you know, basically, hey, this guy's doing this and this match for the finish. You guys can't do this. And they would go on. And they would do that stuff. Production side is kind of different. But AEW wasn't even doing that. They weren't doing any of that. So you saw something happen in the first match, what happened in the third match, what happened in the main event, because none of them are communicating. And obviously, they're not watching each other's matches. No, like, cross that off the list. They'll do it anyway. Yep, and that's where you get to the end of the show, and it's like, all right, well, the main event, you should be excited for it, but we've already, I mean, the, the other matches, we've already seen everything. You know, someone did an interview where um, they, they they were putting that over, like where, where WWE wouldn't let you do certain stuff in the first match, you know, or the third match because they were saving it for later in the show. Where AEW doesn't do that. Well, that makes perfect sense now because they, they don't pay attention. Do whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> It just kind of shows you maybe some of those guys were milking them, like you said. Maybe they were just, all right, this guy's in charge. We'll just make sure that check clears and we're all good. I mean, John, 70-some people on one episode in, in two hours, that, that that's insane. I couldn't yep. even imagine the payroll for that night, you know, 70-some people. Absolutely nuts that they have that many people a part of the show i think they said it was 72 at one point and one yeah. one show was closer to 80 i was like holy jesus christ yeah and that was just talent like wrestlers and managers that didn't include backstage people referees uh commentators none of that stuff that's insane yeah just totally nuts and they, they got to manage themselves better but dko i know you're dying to talk to jeff what do you got oh jeff's a good guy jeff is the heart and soul of the brand we all love jeff Yes, he is. Thank you, Derek. His, um, Twitch. He allows everybody access to him on Twitch too, which can be quite fun sometimes. It's Plus, uh, Jeff, Jeff tends yeah. to bite back a bit as well. Jeff is a I like feisty, that. feisty yeah. man. Little feisty on there. I like to have fun though. Yeah, no, it, it. I like doing Twitch when you guys come in there, and it's different than doing something like this or doing something on the brand because you don't get direct interaction with the, you're just speaking to the listeners and the listeners are, are, you know, hearing whatever you say on Twitch. It's like, okay, whoever's watching me can be involved in it. You, you know, they can play a blurp and affect the stream, play their voice on it, or they can ask me questions and they can help me with the game. So that's what I like about Twitch is it's different than, you know, doing something like this where you get like immediate interaction with people that are, that are checking you out. The blurps are great, actually, um, JP. You might appreciate it yourself. That was what introduced me to uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That was it, or Tomatoes, I should say. That was a very funny, um, very funny clip. And then we have from one of Jeff's favorite films. What was it again? Silent Bob Strikes Back? Yeah, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah, good film. Yeah, that was actually encouraging me to go and watch those films. It's very, very funny, I have to say. But Jeff, you must you must get some um, great gratification 
from knowing that the work that you're doing because right now people are struggling more than they ever have not every single person but i think we'd have to agree that most do and we have shows nearly well sorry we do have shows every single day of the week and all people correct me if i'm wrong all people are paying for that a month is three dollars and 95 cents on the on the brand on the brand excuse me yes yeah yeah the um i think it's 495 now for for new members um so so yeah that's i mean when you when you still that's still neither here nor there yeah yeah but you know that that's the thing is we know that our listeners are we don't we don't depend on advertisers our listeners control if we're in business or not so you know our goal is to never miss a show you know never phone it in and anything when, when you're supported by your listener base and your listener base alone it's it to me anyway it's more motivation to to do well than it is if it's just advertisers or corporations or anything like that because you're being supported directly by the by the people that are going to decide whether to listen to you or not and i don't know I, I just like it i like it better that way i would rather get you get immediate feedback from the people if, if your numbers are going up or down you you know you know right then and there okay well we're doing something they really like or we're doing something that they really don't like and you need to make adjustments um but to me i, th- I think it's more um satisfaction to do things when you got a, a hardcore you know supportive group of people that want to put faith in you you know hey we're paying for you because we believe you're going to deliver on what you promised um, so no, that's, you know, that's the goal for us is to never, ever, ever fail that and make somebody think like, wow, they didn't deliver this month or this week or whatever. But you guys deliver every single day, Jeff. I think you're, Thank very, you, man. you're very consistent. The content is very entertaining, but also very honest. There just is no, there's no bullshit from anybody on the brand. Even when disco acts up every couple of weeks, at least it's still, for the most part, it's still very entertaining because him and Vince are like, can be like two old people going at each other, like an old married couple. Yeah. Most of the time, it's very grumpy old men. Sometimes disco is too over the top, but then again, it's still entertaining to listen to. But there's there's something there to mar- there's something there for everybody, you know. Like yeah. From and now we have the beautiful people's podcast as well and. And that in itself is another very, very honest podcast from from two very attractive looking ladies. They're so they're so down to earth. And again, that's a, a massive welcome addition to the brand. For anybody that may be actually listening to this that does not have the brand, I would highly recommend it because it's not just it's not just the education and the entertainment. I think it's very, very good for your mental health because there's it's just so funny and it it can take you away temporarily from reality and for you guys to be offering that service for as low as it is a month, I just think it's 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 a real steal, to be honest. Well, thanks, man. That 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 means a lot. Um, but in that you mentioned how there's something for everybody, and that was the thing. Like when anytime Vince would bring somebody new on, it he would try to be bring in different sectors of you know the wrestling base. Okay, we're gonna bring in a WCW guy now. We'll bring in an ECW guy. You know, I mean, you you look at how many different people, and then and then you know when John comes on with with his group of guys, you, you got, I mean, the, some of the smartest long timers ever 
you know, in, in Dutch Mantel and, Do- and Dr. Tom. And, you know, of course, PJ was already with us, but, you, you know, he comes in on the pro wrestling one on one. And but it, there's I mean, you got that group uh, of people. Then you got the ECW guys that we got and, and you got, you know, new newer people. You know, you mentioned the beautiful people or. Uh, you know, Ben Hameen or, or Taylor. It, it's just, there is, you know, Goldilocks. There's a lot of different avenues to bring people in. And that was the biggest thing is, you know, if, if you can't find something here, then uh, I don't know, I guess we failed you, but we think there's at least something that a wrestling fan will at least enjoy, enjoy one of the shows, you know, based on all the different kinds of people we got. Well, when I think of Ben Hameen, Jeff, on the SmackDown and Raw review in general, and of course Stevie as well, but every like everybody knows Stevie. But what I was going to say about Ben was, is that he's kind of a um, a diamond in the rough, something very very hard to find, something that should actually really cost a lot of money. But the guy is is phenomenal in both his his knowledge of the business, which is it's almost unbelievable. But he's he's studied it so much and loves it so much. I don't think there's a better. I really don't think I'm talking out of turn here when I say I think that's the best Raw and SmackDown review that there is. And it's also two hours most of the time. So it's very comprehensive, very in-depth. And even though I don't watch the product anymore, I get great great satisfaction from listening to those guys because it's very educational. And I'm also, I'm finally hearing a voice that's telling me all the thoughts I had about the product were actually right, whereas you will get a lot of You'll get a lot of negative feedback from the marks where they say, oh, you know, you just don't enjoy it anymore. Or, oh, no, it was fine. Like, I've been to five WrestleManias. And when guys are turning around to me and they're saying at the end of the night, no, it was fine. My reaction to that is WrestleMania should never be fine, Jeff. You pay an awful lot of money. You have a year to build up to it. You have a big stadium. You do have a fairly talented roster. A lot of them are are underutilized granted a lot of people shouldn't be on television either but you can correct a lot of those things and they just don't seem to want to do that and they're still raking in billions which is absolutely ridiculous but getting back to it i just don't think wrestlemania should ever be just okay i think that is completely wrong to say that yeah it shouldn't be just another show you know it's like you said it's the biggest spectacle you know you you look at the super bowl it might be the biggest spectacle um, at least in this country, of, event-wise, of anything, you know, uh, the the Super Bowl would top it, I would think. But when you actually look, you know, prior to COVID, when when they could fill the eighty thousand people and the fireworks are going off and these big, huge stadiums and the production values, nothing's a bigger spectacle, in my opinion, anyway, other than the Super Bowl than WrestleMania. You know, Disco's talked a bunch of times how the WrestleMania brand has become bigger than the WWE brand. And you, you look at that event, that should never be, you know, hey, that was just, you know, that, w- that was just as good as, you know, Backlash or, you know, Money in the Bank or, or whatever. This should be, when I was a kid at WrestleMania that you look for, I mean, sure, there was only four or five shows back then anyway, the big shows, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble or whatever, but nothing got you more excited than WrestleMania, nothing. And to see what we get now you it's it's just, it's just creative man you know they don't they don't get people excited for it problem is jeff they're not getting punished for it either they're still getting rewarded with these outrageous deals they're making more money now than they ever have which is just i actually have to ask you between tony khan and the way wwe is i honestly have to wonder are we living in a simulation and is there someone actually looking down on this and thinking look at these morons 
and then guys like us that are that are just looking at this and thinking this can't be real. I just well, can't help, I just yeah, can't help but feel that someone's laughing at us when we're saying these things. It's especially with how much money WWE's making. I, I mean, they're, they're they're just making crazy amounts of money, and I, God, I think it's already come out. Vince had done a Vic Venom had done a show about the smoke and mirrors. You know, using the smoke and mirrors of, of the company and everything they've achieved in the past to get all these huge deals while they're just putting out crap creative right now and getting more money than ever. You know, it, it's insane how much money they get. Jeff, do you think it's possible? Now, I could be very wrong on this, but do you think it's possible that when Vince McMahon is pitching these ideas to get these deals, that he is saying in a, in a roundabout way, so to speak, Oh, but on the network, he'll get The Rock, he'll get Stone Cold Steve Austin, because he's not technically lying, because on the network, you can go back and look at all this stuff. But are they fooled into, I, I mean, I just don't understand how they don't know what's going on in today's product, that today's product is not worth even 10% of what they're paying. They probably, I mean, I, I think that's definitely for sure a negotiation tactic. Why wouldn't you? You got all this footage of all these guys, especially The Rock, who's the biggest movie star in the world, all over your network. Technically, he's not lying. Huh? Technically, he's not lying. Right. And I think they just look at the number of people. How many Twitter followers do you have? How many people are signed up to your network? How many people watch? That's good enough. you know. And it doesn't cost a lot. Because WWE handles their own production, they produce all the shows. You know these networks don't have to put any cost into producing the shows because WWE does that on their own. So there's not a lot of risk involved. It's pretty much all reward for the networks doing this, and they're 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 hoping. I, I would assume anyway with NBC is okay. Well, we bring the wrestling fans to Peacock. They're going to check out every other show we got on here, and they're going to get into our M NBC shows. I'm sure that's. That has something to do with it, but uh, yeah, I would be very surprised if all that, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock and, and everybody else from past eras were not brought up in negotiation negotiations for this. You know, Jeff, I'd be surprised. You know, speaking of the brand on Patreon, you can get Master Shoot Theater as well for so for pennies each month. And when I think about it, if you had a segment each week on Raw or SmackDown or both with um with Vince just talking away for 15 minutes that in itself I think is worth ratings Jeff because it's just so it's not just that it's funny the the likeness is there you know and how he how he portrays his voice is very is pretty much very accurate I I get jealous of those guys and their improv skills you, you know they they basically they just have a topic and let's go you know and it's I'm I'm jealous. I, I wish I could do that because the way they they pull things out. Um, but yeah, that um, that is at the three dollar tier. So when you yeah you, you're talking about how cheap that one is, I think that's worth the entire three dollar tier on its own. That show, if you just want to laugh, it's just ridiculousness and half of the stuff you can actually see going on. You know that it would actually happen there the way Stevie handles you know his his young writer character. I I just I just love that show, man. Well, we should, we should always emphasize that on both the brand and Patreon, we do get an excessive amount of content, excessive by me in, in a very positive way because you're paying very little for what you're getting. So you are getting more than your money's worth. Like, it's just, it, there's so much content and it has actually helped me in a combination of education, mental health, and entertainment as well. So there's an awful lot that I have learned from 
from those guys on how the business really works and a lot of the things that I've been wondering over the years and, and fighting with pe different people about, unbeknownst to me, I was fighting with Marx, but it, it became a time where you would have to look at yourself and say, look, am I just going crazy or because you have these people telling you that the product is absolutely fine, that WrestleMania was fine and that it's, it's okay to, to, to drop thousands of dollars on, on travel packages just to see complete another shite. That's, that's what it is quite frankly. So what, I, what my thing was always listen to, listen to the people that were successful. How are they successful? You know, oh, but apparently they're not anymore, Jeff. Because right, now it's yep. oh, what match did you win? So yep. Stevie Richards lost the number of matches in in a company that actually decides who wins and loses the matches. So therefore, you are automatically disqualified from any sort of intellectual thought because you never won a match. It doesn't matter that you were there every week. I mean, look at the things. For example, I can I can say a lot of negative things about disco, but it does piss me off when I hear people say that disco was a joke, you know, in the ring as a wrestler. Like, because he was a comedy people's. character? It's a little stupid, you know? It, yeah. Do, but, do, you, mean, do you look at um, Zach Galifianakis and think, oh, what a joke, you know, because he plays goofy idiots in all in all of his movies. Right. It's the same It's the same philosophy there. It, it just blows my mind. You mentioned Stevie. Stevie had a consistent job in all the big companies throughout the biggest, you know, run in wrestling since the beginning of the WrestleMania eras, you know, he even through TNA with the Dr. Stevie stuff, he was always there. He was always reliable. Look at the right to censor stuff. That's some of the best work I've, I've Correct. ever seen him do, you and know, the stuff he did with Victoria. Right Sorry for interrupting you, Jeff. How good would the right to censor be now in today's world? They, yeah. He like, they won. He always puts that out. We won or something like that, you know, <laughs> Basically, well, there, was, there was a reason that people hated it, Jeff, and that's what was called good television. Yep. If you have that now, I'd be tempted. That was and that was considered, you know, just middle of the hour segments, you know, first 15, sorry, uh, second half an hour, that type of thing. Like it was in the middle of the show and it was still one of the best things on a show that already was stacked with talent, with entertainment. And that's where I come with disco, Jeff, because if you are consistently appearing on a show that had three to five million viewers a week and it was what about two to three million at its worst when it was going out of business inarguably the greatest locker room of all time that wcw locker room i i, I mean just the talent talent wise could you ever find a, a a more talent in one locker room than that mid to late 90s wcw locker room i i, I mean good lord they had everybody no, I've just been going back and funnily enough, actually watching old episodes of Nitro every single night now for the last couple of months. And I'm into the middle of 1999 and it occurs to me when they mentioned that Mick Foley was going to win the belt that night on WCW on Raw, that's when they lost from there on in. They, I think, was I correct me if I'm wrong, they never got ahead in the ratings again after that? Well, they were already losing at that point, but what happened was that was the biggest, I believe, channel changing moment because like three to 600,000 people or something switched from WCW to WWF that night. WWF was already, uh, I think, pulled ahead for good at that point, but that just that was like the nail in the coffin, I, I think would be a better way to describe it. So they were losing, Jeff, and yet they still had some phenomenal segments. You had Hogan, you had Flair, you had Steiner, intermittently the Ultimate Warrior, you had Sting. I mean, 
Now, for Disco to still be on a card week in and week out, I don't think people understand that that's a very difficult thing to do. You are in high competition at that time for slots. He still appeared every single week, and he had some very good comedic comedic scenes as well. He was also safe. He never injured anybody. You know, you can see him today. He's still in pretty good shape. To the best of our knowledge, he doesn't seem to have many issues. Whereas a lot of these guys are going to, you know, you could end up with somebody being paralyzed. Or if not that, then just a poor quality of life as they get older. Yeah. And look at the mid card during that time with all those legends you just mentioned, which, which I mean, there was way more. Who, who's your mid card? Oh, Booker T. Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio. I mean, the list goes on and on. These these are all Benoit. I mean, it, it's insane, you know, how much talent was actually there. DDP becomes the main eventer. You know, ECW guys come over. Mike Awesome comes over. Shane Douglas comes over. Um, you, you know, Hack came over. Sandman came over there for a while. It's just like and we didn't even cover the freaking tag teams. I mean, you said the Steiners, but, I mean, it was just from top to bottom just freaking talent and disco kept the job the entire time and was in prominent storylines and he drew people watch when he was there and these people want to make fun of him why because he wasn't macho man randy savage i I mean seriously it's just it blows my mind the logic of treating this guy's success based on his phony character you know unfortunately jeff it's more of a, a thing of today in general so if you say something as well in an argument, oh, where did you get your Facebook degree from? You know, it's the same right. thing all the time, Jeff. Vince Russo is just bitter. Jeff Lane, well, who's Jeff Lane? JP, who's JP? It's You can't have an opinion unless you've been... Well, they like, can all commentate better than Jim Ross. You know, if you if you read yeah, the threads yeah, during right. AEW, Jim Ross doesn't yep. know what he's doing. You know, it's it's insane. The, the, that it's is insane. actually what they're saying now. Oh, JR is out, JR is out of touch now. He is in my hat, out of touch. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. We are talking about a guy that saw, I believe he signed the Rock. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, he put together the inta- Attitude Era roster was put together by Jim Ross. You know, Rock, Austin, Foley, Vader, Goldust. Yeah, all signed by Jim Ross. And John Cena. Yeah, and that never, second crop with, with Orton. Yeah, Orton Lesnar and all them. Yep. I, so, mean, I mean, that at one time you had Russo writing the show with Ferrara. You had JR and Talent Relations and the greatest commentator of all time. There was just so much, so much intelligence, so much, so much stardom backstage. And when you hear the old stories, Jeff, of how people used to be, like your uncle, for example, Stan Lane and and all that. <laughs> Someone might believe that. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a joke, guys. But as as Vince <laughs> keeps calling Jeff every single name that he can think of, I thought I would throw that one in there as yeah. well. Well, no, we they used to have so much so much brains in the business, and no one seems to want to listen to all of the people. Like AEW sickens me because you have Aaron Anderson backstage, you have Tully Blanchard, you have people like that. I mean, Jeff, if that was me, and I'd assume you'd be the same way. I'd be burning their ears every single week probably worried to approach them because they'd be sick of listening to me ask them questions but with these guys it's the polar opposite they, they want to know what twitter has to say they don't care what the the legends have to say <laughs> jeff i don't understand where that mentality comes from i would be trying to stay away from social media as much as possible because you're only not only are you ruining your own brand by doing this by ruining your own character i mean there's a reason why people like the undertaker never broke character 
these mysterious characters like Bray Wyatt and so on, who they've absolutely destroyed. They have been handed a couple of gold mines, which they have just tossed down the sink. It's crazy. Yep. I, they just I don't, don't seem to care. Nope. I don't get it, man. I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I've mentioned this a few times on our shows, but I remember Brian Kendrick did an interview when he was still with WWE doing like the 205 Live stuff. Uh, he may still be there. I don't even know what, what if he's still there or not. But he would talk about how people would be coming back after the match. And, you know, over here's Dean Malenko and Billy Kidman and Arn Anderson. And everybody's there. And they're going to Twitter to see what everybody had to say about their match instead of going to see these guys and how it blew his mind. But that, but that, that's it, man. You know, all that matters is what... What did the what did the fans think? The fans are going to watch no matter what. You need to you you. They may have liked your match, but you, you they're not going to make you a better wrestler. Those guys over there are going to make you a better wrestler and tell you what you did wrong and what what you need to do to improve. You know it, it's I don't know it, it's really mind boggling to me. Can you imagine the Undertaker going to Twitter or Stone Cold <laughs> Steve Austin? Let's see what they thought of the match tonight. I mean, come on, Jeff. If you said that to them back in the day, they'd probably slap you across the face and say, don't ever say that to me again. Yeah, or or wonder what Meltzer's going to give my match. Could you imagine somebody saying that back in the day? You know, the, the, it's insane. You know, you listen to that Kevin Nash clip where Yanka Zango and whatever over in Kirk and Hall watching it on your satellite. You know, that that's what they thought of Meltzer back in the day. Now today the wrestlers want to get – his good ratings when that doesn't make any sense. It's like, what happened to what professional wrestling was? It was a story. It was drama. It was entertainment. The match was just to get all of these things taken care of. It wasn't, it wasn't everything else was built around the match. It's so backwards to me. That's one way of describing it, Jeff, but I I just think everything has been, everything that was once up is now down. I think the whole world has been turned upside down for what's, What's now okay? What's not okay? What's right? What's wrong? What's good? What's bad? Everything just seems to have gone in the polar opposite direction. Yeah. This is nuts. JP, take it away, my friend. Jeff, did you see the documentary series on A&E from the WB and obviously co-produced by A&E with Macho Man and then Piper and then Austin? Have you watched that yet? I haven't, but I heard the Piper one was really good. Um, but I have not seen any of those yet, no. Oh, good stuff. It's just funny to me. The Austin one I thought was great. Pipe one I thought was great. Savage was good too, but I think it was a little bit of like a WB burial. They co-produced it, so they were like basically saying that like, okay, Savage and Piper did a lot of drugs. They're crazy. They're nuts. Austin just drank way too much caffeine. <laughs> like <laughs> Ignoring the fact that, okay, maybe he did some stuff too. If, like weird because they're dead. I guess they feel like they can do stuff. But yeah, I would definitely watch that. Very, they're very good stuff. They're two hours each. So they're good, healthy uh, length documentaries. Yeah, the one, I, if I had to pick just one, I, I, Savage would be the one. If, like if I could only watch one. That's that's the one I'm most interested in. You know, There's a part where they go a little too like dark and negative and start like kind of they try to bring it back at the end. I know his brother keeps putting in positive stuff, but it was weird. I was like, wow, they, they really still might have some bitterness towards him. They thought burying him a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he never went back. You, you know, you you think about it. You know, a lot, most people ended up going back, but he never, you know, he never did. So I don't, who, who knows, you know, that kind of like, you know, what, what if they would have made a warrior one now, uh, if he would have never went back, it would have been another, you know, 
destruction of the ultimate warrior like that dvd was you know yeah it's it's politics a lot of time even when these people are no longer with us so they have a dark side of the ring ultimate warrior coming up and an a and e biography coming up on ultimate warrior uh my buddy rick bassman who obviously he found literally found the ultimate warrior and brought him into wrestling they called him and asked him to do it so it's like oh dark side of the ring must be negative of course and I go, that A&E one was positive. He said, not the way he heard it. He said A&E was the, basically said the same exact pitch. They want honest, true. They kind of want you to rip them a little. So it's interesting. Mm. Like, the guys that are dead. Because I like, thought it, Dana it, was involved with the A&E one. Yeah, I guess the guy on the phone, maybe he was trying, because he knows that Rick and Warrior didn't get along. Maybe he was trying to get him to do it. But yeah, she's a big part of it. And obviously, Vince is co-producing it. But I just think that's interesting. It's like, why go after the dead guys? Like, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't tarnish their legacies. It's more storytelling. Whether it's fact or fiction doesn't matter. Do people want to consume it? I, I think that's what it is. And a lot of times with these people that can't say, well, wait a minute, that's not true. You, you can take liberties and, and be more entertaining. So maybe maybe that's what it is. I don't know. And with the Lawler on Savage one, he says basically what happened with Luger but he kind of made it sound like it was savage where they turned on the TV and he was on the TV and Vince is like, Oh, screw that guy. But somehow Lawler got his stories confused, but no one at A&E changed like or edited it out. So it's Seriously? on there. Yeah. So it's on there. Lawler's talking about how, Oh, we turned on the TV and, and savage was on WCW and Vince was pissed. Did that? Yeah. Cause I thought that, uh, he just, they knew he was leaving. Right. I, I mean, yeah. from everything I heard, as the story goes, Vince got a call at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he's like, listen, Spacho, man, I'm done. You know, Vince, I like, can't talk you out of it. Nope, I'm out, and I'm taking Slim Jim with me. And Vince apparently was, was pissed. You know, that's $750,000 a year of of that, plus you're basically your lead guy, the most popular guy on the show is going to WCW. Um, so like that's the story. For some reason, Lawler, I guess, you know, he's 71. He confused Lawler, uh, Luger, and Savage, but they kept it in, like, so nobody's fact-checking this stuff? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know some of that stuff is like crazy to me that that they just put stuff out there and it's not even true. Or they, you know, even the wrestlers themselves, they just make something up and they'll yeah. put it on there just because nobody knows anything. Yeah, look, look at the Montreal Screwjob one. Like, there's, there's no way everything on there could be true. How many people told that? so many different stories, you know? Yep. Cool thing, Dark Side of the Ring had the guy who mic'd Brett... I don't know if did you, I don't know if you saw that, the guy who actually miked Brett and he literally had no idea what the project was, but he was working with that crew that did um, wrestling with shadows, so he's just the audio guy. He it's he goes just another job to me. I don't know like what the guy is. I don't know anything about wrestling. I know I'm just at the show. I'm Mike, the guy doing the audio. So he's like listening to like what's going on and stuff. And this guy's getting an awesome account, but nobody realizes anything about this guy. Like this guy should have been interviewed for years. Yeah. He's recording this stuff, but you know what I mean? I just funny as hell. Like how, how some things you, people are like, wait a second, this guy had this information for all this time. Cause you know, so many people said it, you know, it would work, work, work. And you know, this guy was like, no, no. He goes. They really trying to screw this guy. He goes. I, you know, I'm, I'm recording the conversation. Vince has no idea it's being recorded. That's nuts. Yeah, I never even heard of this guy coming out with that stuff. Like, oh, you dark side of the ring. The good yeah. stuff. They they're actually able. It's funny because sometimes they put stuff out there. and You're like, eh, I don't know about that. Or they put out the story and interview some of the wrestlers. But then sometimes they get some real gems where they're yeah. where they're getting this guy, the audio guy, getting random guys. Sometimes it could be a good show. 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested for the plane ride from hell one. I think that's uh, the most interesting sounding one for me for the upcoming season. See, like, are they going to interview like key right. WB guys? You know what I mean? I'm sure like it's Sean Waldman and 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 PJ. Oh, PJ, I know they interviewed. Um, you know, and guys I'm sure like that. Jr. will be on there. You would expect anyway. Yep. I doubt you're getting Lesnar. I doubt that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but. Man, there's going to be some good shit on there, like Lesnar wrestling Vince. <laughs> yeah, well, Kurt Angle. Like, I think Kurt Angle. That was the same flight where Kurt said that Vince was crawling on his hands and knees to try to sneak up on him and and, and tackle him and wrestle him and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. So, as the legend goes, Flyer, of course, is walking around naked, flirting, <laughs> flirting with the girls and stuff, and the flight attendants. Then Vince Michael Hayes right- almost took a whiz on Linda McMahon. Yes, like. <laughs> Yeah, you wonder how much of that stuff is is actually happened. That's why I, that's what I, I'm really interested to see this one. You know. Yeah. Then uh, Lesnar's wrestling perfect, supposedly perfect, got the upper hand, as the story of the legend goes. Uh, Angles wrestling Vince. Uh, guys are getting their eyebrows shaved off. I mean, it's a pretty damn uh, awesome plane ride. Yeah, no, sounds like college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember who got fired because I remember there was a bunch of firings right after it too. It was, uh, Scott Hall, I think. I think Scott Hall got fired, didn't he? Oh, I believe he was being a little uh, rambunctious with some of the flight attendants, something like that. Yeah, I think I thought it was Scott Hall. Maybe God, I think there was at least two people that ended up getting fired, but it was no big names, you know. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously Scott Hall's a big name, but at that time he wasn't. You know, they they weren't really doing any. They botched that whole NWO thing. But um, I don't know why I thought that. I got to really watch that because I might be wrong on that one. That looks great. But I think filming. Perfect was the other one. But I think Perfect actually got fired. Yes, maybe that's yeah. who I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. A bunch of guys were either in trouble and all this other stuff uh, at that point. It's great. Another good one, obviously, will be Pillman. That'll be fun because it's two yeah. hours, so they're really gonna. Delve into. I think they really do a good job. The Benoit one. I don't know if you saw that one. That was two hours. They really. I couldn't like, watch that one, man. Like really, it, it just like some of them are just like. There's not going to be anything enjoyable to me, and it's just like I mean, where the plane ride from hell could be. There could be funny stories. Like what's going to be? I just gonna be depressed. I think I would be after watching the Benoit one. Like I just had no interest in it. I could see that. The yeah. uh, Von, the Von Eric one too is kind of uh, you know, obviously with all those deaths is pretty tragic, pretty sad. Yeah, good to watch though, good documentary, but obviously nothing good comes out of that either. Yeah, I think what else is this season? I know they got Dynamite Kid, which should be a good one. Uh, Johnny K Nine, if anybody isn't familiar with Bruiser Bedlam, is <laughs> like a stone cold uh, <laughs> drug trafficker and all this other stuff. I mean, so they got some uh, good stuff. Chris Canyon. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Buddy. I didn't yeah. even know like that was a surprise to me. That would that might be an interest. Obviously, it's a sad ending, but a lot of people loved him, and he contributed so much behind the scenes that people don't even know about. I think that'll be a good one. Did you see that footage? And I don't know if it's going to be on this or not, but there's a great account like WCW Deep Cuts on on Twitter. After WCW ended, for some strange reason, Canyon is and somebody's filming this goes to like a sorority house. And he starts wrestling with all the kids. <laughs> I had not seen this. That's awesome. Oh, 
it, I hope it it gets you know put earthed out, out there for unearthed out there for everybody to to see. But I was like, holy shit, I've never even heard of this before. He, I guess, because they're you know Club of Vila, wherever freaking they are in Panama, must be a big time college town, and especially in spring breaks, by nuts with kids. So he's literally taping himself like wrestling and doing diamond cutters and like taking bumps and stuff. Like I hope that that kind of stuff is out there with him because he seems like he was like a lot of fun when he when he was out there wrestling and doing like crazy shit like that. Yeah, now I definitely got to look for this because I've, I've never even heard of this. This sounds awesome. <laughs> I know Disco was probably buddies with him. Yeah, um, and it, you'd think, like, I remember, like, how much he had to do with the Ready to Rumble movie. You know, he, he did all the wrestling stuff for that movie. You know, they went to him. That just shows you how knowledgeable he is, you know. And then, there's another guy that was in the WCW locker room. I mean, I mean there's just God, that was so talented, man. But, uh, yeah, sad ending, obviously, on, on that one. But I, I've never heard it. I mean, I haven't heard every interview about him, but I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him. It seemed like everybody loved working with him. Yeah, definitely. Now, as far as uh, Disco, I know him and Vince were getting along good until last week. Well, what's going on with, what's going on with these I, guys? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, man. It's nuts. It, 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 some things just pushes buttons and others don't. And in the same way with Vince, you know, and if they clash on one day, there we go. There's the explosion. And then I, I, I get the, sometimes I get the calls and the text messages afterwards. Like I need a break from this guy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I know you needed a break from him at one point too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. That, I think that, what was that when he wouldn't, he kept, uh, um, cut me off or, or criticizing me from what I was choosing or whatever, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember He went that. completely over the top and attacked your work one week. Yeah. I remember when Conan yes. was in hospital and he said, oh, you know, like... Uh, that was stupid, though. Like, most people yeah. agreed with me on that one. Yeah. He was just trying to pick a fight. I think... I don't know whether he does it because he's that's just the way he is or is he doing it sometimes because it's supposed to be entertaining. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I really don't know because I never talked to him outside of the shows. And and nothing is discussed before the show. Nothing at all. So <laughs> The only thing he, is, JP, I love to see Jeff's um, Jeff's rage side. So he'll turn around and say, no, God, I'm not letting him dictate to me how I work. Fuck that, man. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's, in that sense, it is very funny. But I, I love to see Jeff getting more into it and so on and just biting back that just makes the show twice as good as it already is <laughs> thanks man yeah try not to get too worked up but uh sometimes i can't help myself well yeah, sometimes it is as i say too over the top from him jeff so that's not really your fault there's only yeah. so much that you can like yeah yeah and then finally the gasket goes and that's it but when you're when you're getting at somebody's work when you already do really really good work it's kind of it's a little bit off the top yeah, Jeff, I, I, I agree that. with uh, Disco on this one. I mean, why didn't you get Meltzer's opinion? What, what, I what know, is going instead on? Instead of it straight from the horse's mouth, I should have went to Meltzer, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then he would have said, hey, Jeff, why did you go to that moron when you could have just came to me? Yep. Conan's my yep. best friend. Yep. Yeah, so that was something. You can't win either way. He can't win either way, JP. Is there's just going to be an argument. He, he reminds me of someone in the family. He just loves to have arguments. It's just the way he is. But at the same time, when it comes to speaking about, you know, in ring and so on and the psychology, he tends to get that spot on. So we give credit where it's due and we'll give, um, shall we say, feedback where it's due to. 
I know. I, I love this guy. I usually agree with him, though. I, yeah. I'm usually right on board with him. He's he usually right on. I actually forgot, and I know somebody sent it in for you guys, and he laughed at it, but when Teddy Long was telling that story about the Steiner brothers beating him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he said they didn't really beat him up. They do it to everybody. But. Yeah, because that was from your show, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. But it yeah, seemed it like did. at some point it did seem like Steiner did try to rip him off the – off the boat or something or the jet skis or whatever the hell they were on. <laughs> so, and I've heard that somebody else, I think it was Sullivan. Somebody else told me that too, that he would like go out jet skiing with you, knock you off and then like not drown you, but basically not let you back onto the jet ski. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and I God. guess disco was one of the guys at one point that he must've done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> maybe that's how disco is the way he is maybe he had a troubled teenagehood troubled early adulthood who knows and now he, he finds he finds the easy target and poor old jeff lane yeah well he, he's got some interesting stories when you know arn anderson slapped him or whatever at the airport and you know refusing to to put over jackie and getting fired he's got some interesting stories uh in the backlog there and Jeff yeah. did here. He is due for black and white. Now I cannot wait. I have been dying to hear Stevie Ray put Disco into place. I don't know if that will be happening because the entire time Disco thought Vince was talking about Stevie Richards. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, I swear sure. to God. Swear to God. So it may still happen. I don't know. But all I know is the entire time he's been telling him to get on with Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. He's thinking Stevie Richards the entire time. So I don't, I don't know. That surprised me because Stevie Ray would eat him for dinner. <laughs> I think Stevie Ray likes him though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he does too. They busted you know, he would Stevie would uh a few years ago came on Lions, Tigers, Bears and Disco a few times and they just bust each other's balls and it was hilarious. But I would love to have hear them have a conversation about something serious. Disco loves Stevie Ray too, by the way. Actually. Yeah. He said he's a really good guy, which he is, of course. That's a really educational show. That in itself is actually worth the brand's money each month in itself because Stevie Ray's knowledge, he rarely even talks about the business. And that tells you all about him, Jeff. You know, his knowledge stretches so far when he speaks about history and he speaks about the world today and so on. He's just one of those guys. He really, really should be in a, a genuine line of politics because he is somebody that you could listen to who you know is not lying to you that that's the thing it's honesty you, you know you you have to believe what the person's telling you is the truth and they're sincere about it i'd vote for them you know <laughs> i mean no, th those are the kind of people you want to be your leaders isn't it well you're supposed to get honesty and you're supposed to have people that are working for you not against you yep people still haven't seemed to grasp that yet but maybe yep. one day but yeah, he's he's brilliant, um, and I've learned a lot just from listening to that show. You know, Vince Vince learns every single week from him. So, now I agree with you, dude. I think that is worth you know the cost of everything. If you guys haven't heard Black and White, and thanks for putting that over, man. Um, check that out because Stevie just brings education every single week. The brand in general, to be fair, brings education every single week. It's a great combination of entertainment and education. I've probably said that already, but I'll, I'll put it over as many times as needs be because anyone who's not a brand member should be. I only regret the fact that I didn't become one a little bit sooner than I did. When I first heard of you guys, I had just missed the free month. And had I gotten the free month at the time, I guarantee I would have been a member since January instead of April. 
So I did myself out of three months of content, unfortunately. But that's oh, hey, we appreciate it, dude. I appreciate you saying the kind things, man. It's only the truth, guys. I don't, I don't try to put over anything that isn't honestly genuine. I just, I, to be honest, there are a couple of wrestling podcasts that actually do provide some good entertainment. But I think the brand has the best balance in terms of that. There really is something for everybody. And well done to you, Jeff. Thank you for the work that you do. I was going to ask you actually: Is your schedule hectic most of the time, or is it just kind of mostly enjoyable for you overall? Um, it it's mostly um i like i'll I'll know what i'm doing on a particular day some things um a little hectic depending on scheduling like when when people record shows compared to when they are actually released like some shows we can't record like the raw and smackdown review they record that the day before they they because raw's the night before so they have to record that the day before so i like with that i i gotta wait till they're done till i can do stuff with it other things like john gets me his shows two three sometimes four days early he's easy to deal with so it just depends like when when the shows are are recorded if something's going to be hectic or not but i mean it it's enjoyable either way yeah, Jeff JP is a good guy, isn't he? A lot of work, a lot of oh yeah, dude, hardest working man in podcasting, right? I mean, yes, that, that, yes. that's right. Christened by Vince himself. That's right. There that was funny. That one night, he's when he when he called you and and you didn't answer right away, uh, and you called back when we were recording the show. Where we were like, oh, he's obviously doing a podcast or something. He's always doing a podcast, isn't he? <laughs> so. I was. I was actually recording. I literally just ended. I'm like, oh shit, Vince is calling me. Call him. <laughs> I actually got heat, by the way, from a few people when Vince said that. I got a message from Joe Feeney, who was pissed, <laughs> and I got a message from Ben, who was pissed. Uh-oh. Jealous. <laughs> yep. They were pissed. <laughs> so then the next, awesome. next time I recorded with Ben, he put under his thing, second hardest working man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I totally missed that. I normally pay attention to those things under there, but I totally missed that one. Yeah, I forget what show it was, but it was the next time, and I was like, oh, nice, nice. Yep. I was like, I didn't say that, though. Russo said that. I didn't say that. That's right. Yeah. Ben's working <laughs> schedule is absolute insanity, but JP is not a million miles behind him, I have to say. Now, the, all those guys that he just mentioned are, are all hard workers, man. You, you know that, that not mean they Feeney. not Feeney. Every <laughs> Feeney, yeah Feeney does he he just he he's very good at doing his schedule the way he wants to yeah, <laughs> yeah. your brother from a different mother Jeff you two guys <laughs> seem very similar as well yeah yeah now Joe's awesome man Joe's really somebody like I'd like to pick his brain on the audio side of things he's a really good audio editor and that's something I I just don't know much about but you know Ben with his own the humming media group he's worked all the time you know 7 a.m. to midnight and stuff and obviously you know john the stuff you do on your own the stuff you do with chad and everything i mean you guys are awesome man jeff speaking of since we're putting the brand over so much another show i genuinely do love is the triple threat podcast you know the intelligence of of shane i i feel i honestly feel bad in a way i for shane because i i think he deserved more of a consistent run he was a very consistent worker, safe worker, really good guy. Always wanted to help people if they wanted to ask for it and so on. Like he tells a story about about Francine. He was he was always willing to help people. I just think he, he's very, very knowledgeable in general. And that's I, I think that's probably, in my opinion, the most underrated show of the brand every week. Well, yeah. And, you know, there's another guy who was honest. And, you know, we, we've heard what happens to honest people. Yeah. You know. 
that's why I have so much respect for Shane because he just calls it how he sees it and he's he's very easy to talk to. He's extremely, like Stevie Ray, he's extremely knowledgeable in every single area, not just in the wrestling business. But overall... Yeah, and, and we, yeah, and you hear a lot, well, if it wasn't for this guy, this would have never happened. And you could say this for a lot of people, but I honestly believe there would have been no ECW as we know it without Shane Douglas. You yeah. know, there's no way in hell. So that that even though he... You know, like he made his his stamp on the business in that way to a promotion that that developed some of the biggest names ever. Look who came through there, and you know the very first like really hardcore fan base that just supported that company. None of that would have happened, in my opinion, if Shane Douglas was never there. Kick, I mean, he did the promo to start the whole thing off too. You know, you know, so like it, it's you know that that that's something difficult. I think he can he'll always have. You know that that. He, he could say, you know, I would say that anyway. Yeah. That must have been okay. fairly tricky as well, being the very first promo of the first show. You know, you've got to have some some um, some worries about that, a lot of anxiety and so on. Look, I know these guys conquer that every week, but the start of the show and to start it off in such a positive way, I just think deserves, there's a lot of credit due to Shane Douglas that he doesn't get from most fans. Yeah, totally agree. Now, Jeffrey, before we let you go and, and wrap it up here, give us all the plugs. What do you got going on? Give us uh, the Patreon. Jeff Lane plays. Give us some lost stuff. Give us everything you got. Right on. Appreciate it. Obviously, um, you know, the brand is the number one thing. All the shows you guys were talking about today, whether it's on the Realm Network or Patreon, you can get all of our shows. John's shows included that he does with us by just going to Russo'sBrand.com. They'll take you to all the different avenues where all the shows are. They're all right there, nice in one place. I do my uh, uh, own things on the side, like you mentioned. I have a Patreon. It's JeffLane22, where I do some video game stuff, Jeff Lane Plays series. A lot of those are rage-inducing games I've played for the first time end up not coming out so well for me. Uh, if you're a fan of the show Lost, I go through the show Lost episode by episode. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a huge mark for Lost. I love the writing, the characters, the the lore, the behind the scenes. So I, I, I'm going through that episode by episode. And I also do Ron Smackdown reviews on there as well. And, uh, you know, Derek mentioned my Twitch earlier, which I appreciate. If you want to come hang out with me live a few nights a week, that's at twitch.tv slash jefflane22. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and of course Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. DKO, Derek, what do you got? Well, guys, Jeff's Twitch channel really is quite uh, quite fun, and you'll meet some good, cool people in there. And it's a good place just to kind of relax for a while, unwind, and have a little bit of fun. So it's it's honestly worth a look. Uh, you can catch me at Derek O'Reilly thirteen on Twitter. And also catch me on Twitch, although not too much at the minute, at DKO1988. Derek, thank you very much. Jeff, thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate it. Glad to get you back and probably got to get you back some uh, more often. Uh, thank you no, so much. Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate it. Thank you both. Jeff, I don't think you get um, as much credit as you deserve. So thank you very much for the work that you do. And thank you for allowing ac access to you for questions and so on. It's it's kind of nice and it's just it's just something that sometimes it helps just to talk so it's good of you to have the twitch open to people and but again the most important thing is the work that you do for the brand it's huge work so thank you very much well, that means a lot man thank you thank you jeff once again and thank you to all the listeners see you next week 
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.